Well, Dan, thank you so much for coming in to the Convene uh, podcast offices, video podcast office. We're really grateful to have you all the way from Atlanta. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. You've worked with uh, businesses as an employer owner from 50,000 to 60 billion. That's a big number. Uh, I thought ServiceMaster that I worked for was big at $9 billion, but $60 billion is a big company. Mm-hmm. You've done lots of business sales, uh, M&A, business valuations. You worked for Arthur Anderson. You've been in small business. And now you're with CVG Advisors helping people with business valuations and exit strategies. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in. We're going to talk about something really important. There's a lot of business owners who are so busy at their business that they might miss the end game. They might miss the end strategy. They might not even know what the end strategy is. They are working, building, trying to find customers, trying to make sure they know what EBITDA means, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And yet they're not thinking about what about that day when I might want to leave. And you're an expert at exit strategy and valuations, but you call it a faithful journey, a spiritual journey. Tell us more about that. That's right. Well, I think it's important that you take the long view, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, in most aspects of life, but especially in business. And Jesus certainly did that. I mean, Uh you know, before he died, he knew he had planned out everything after he left and Uh left it to his apostles. And obviously we have, I don't know how many billion people is it? Four billion, maybe? I think six billion. Six 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 or something billion, yeah, in the world. So obviously his legacy plan was good. Yeah. but a lot of people get caught up in the day-to-day, uh-huh. um, just short-term thinking, and we might take the long view thinking that's five, six, seven years, mm-hmm. but I think as a Christian, you need to be trying as best you can to take the long view that God takes, and mm-hmm. you know maybe that is, it could be 100 years or 200 years as to what role you're playing mm-hmm. in God's plan, and really mm-hmm. praying about it, thinking about it, taking that journey so that you feel very comfortable at the end with what you're leaving, you know, when you leave this earth, that you've been obedient, that you've done what God has uh, planned for you, and that you did it with a lot of intentionality. Mm -hmm. Well, I've talked to many business leaders who I know in their head think about something like this. They might think, sell my company for 10 million, probably end up with 5 million, give a million away, live on four. What do you say to those people who their lawyer might be advising them, their tax person might be advising them, they might have a um, estate planning rep from a major ministry advising them about a charitable remainder trust. They're confused. They're saying, mm-hmm. what do I do? Is it this or this? Is it is it give more? Is it pay less tax? Can I really pay zero tax? What would you say to those people who are trying to figure this out, but they're hearing confusing, conflicting voices? Sure. Yeah. It, and it can be very confusing and very frustrating. I think that a lot of people are given advice on the how and the what of yeah. exit planning, but there's not a lot of talk about the why. Yeah. And so when they can throw in front of me, bits and pieces of what they heard about how they should exit plan or what they should do to exit plan. When I come in and say, well, I I think I should sell my business. My question is why? Okay. And if they can't explain that to me, then we have more work to do. Like we should start at square one Uh and figure out why do you want to sell your business? Yeah. Um, If the answer is because that's what my lawyer told me, that's not a very good answer. Right. And I think as a Christian, we owe it to ourselves to 
uh, as Christians, we owe it to ourselves to really pray about it and see mm-hmm. what we think God's will is. And I, I've never really seen, quite frankly, a situation where somebody did that, where was very intentional about it and very intentional prayer, really not get a very clear answer and feel very confident mm-hmm. and uh, very p- at peace mm-hmm. with the decision they made. So, you know, my advice would be try not to get too confused and try not to get too hung up on the how and the what, mm-hmm. but really think about the why. Spend mm-hmm. more time thinking about the why because that uh, that's the most important thing that you can determine in your exit plan. Mm-hmm. The how and the what is, is a lot easier. How about some of the common things you hear to that why question? Would somebody say, uh, I'm tired, I want to retire, I want to do ministry? What are some of the things you hear that are maybe not theologically or spiritually sound ideas? <laughs> I want to play golf. I want to play golf. <laughs> I, I want to go to the beach. Uh-huh. Um, I want to relax. I want to sleep all day. I want uh-huh. to relax, Yeah. I mean, some of these are, are issues that maybe can be solved other ways than just selling your business, mm-hmm. right? Um, but certainly as well, I, I think that that begs another question, too, as to, you know, what are some of the reasons that people, or mm-hmm. what are some of the things that people think about in their legacy planning? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, they do know. They know what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Because once you probe into it, you can figure out that some of them are very, uh, some of them are shepherds. Mm-hmm and very much shepherds, and mm-hmm. they want uh, their flock, so to speak, to be very well taken care of. Mm. They've brought some of these people to Christ, um, and they want to keep that culture, and they want to have that legacy live on to where they have uh, disciples um, of Christ that are sharing the gospel with others, and they don't want to lose that. Mm-hmm. So that's a much different goal and outlook than let's sell the business for as much as we possibly can, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it, that's why you have to really start at the why, because a lot of times you can start going down the path with someone who might think they know the how and the what and start mm-hmm. directing you on that. But once you really figure out the why, you realize that you've just sailed the wrong direction, you know, for a week. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of work to go back mm-hmm. <laughs> and then figure out where you need to go. So, yeah. Um, Anyway, I think that answered. Yeah, answer yeah. Question. So, what would be maybe one of your um, stories that didn't end as well as it could have because they didn't come to see soon enough that they should have planned? So they come to you with the proceeds in the bank and say, "Can't we reduce my tax?" Mm. Something. What, what are some of the stories that you know? Gosh, it turned out so poorly, and it could have turned out so much better. There, there are so many, but that the, the tax one is, uh, I'm also CPA, so mm-hmm. that um, that does hit close to home. Um, yeah, there's a lot of situations where people either don't get counsel, um, and I think, you know, as, as Christian men and you, you read Proverbs, I mean, we're here to seek wisdom and, and yeah. get counsel from each other, yeah. right? That's why you're inconvenient in the first place, mm-hmm. and you should be using that. Yeah, You're not getting legal counsel, you're not getting tax counsel. Um, I have seen people leave tens of millions of dollars on the table uh-huh. um, or in the government's coffers that yeah. with four or five hours of work we could have solved. Yeah. I mean, it's really sad. Yeah. Um, so, but that goes back too to who is your quarterback? I mean, who is mm-hmm. the person that's advising you in the exit strategy process? Do mm-hmm. they know all the bits and pieces that need to go into it? Do they know the why behind what you're trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. and they know all the advisors to surround you with. That's mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk to the person who um, has a part-time CFO. Mm-hmm. 
They get an annual audit from an accounting firm. They've talked to an estate planning uh, rep mm -hmm. from their favorite nonprofit charity. And they're saying, I don't exactly know which one to believe. I don't exactly know which one to do. I guess I'll just sell my company and pay the tax. What would you say to that person if he's sitting across the table from you and they are looking at five more years of working? That's a good question. Uh, again, I, I go back to the why. Yeah. Um, but then I like to look at some of the things that they've been told uh -huh. and figure out how does that fit with what you're trying to accomplish, but what do you think of that? Yeah. You know, if you say, well, I'm just going to go ahead and pay the tax, I say, well, do you want to pay the tax? Yeah, I do. I really support the government. Well, not many people say not, that. Not but, too many people Okay, have that's fine. Yes but if that. you don't, you know, um, do you, you know, do you not want to pay the tax and put it somewhere that is in your estate? Do you not want to pay the tax but want to give it away? Do you not want to pay the tax but get income off it? There's, mm -hmm. there's a decision tree involved in all of this right. that is pretty large. But the great thing about it is that if you take it one step at a time, yeah. it's quite simple. Yeah, I imagine, <laughs> I imagine no one has said to you if they wanted to give um, 200000 of the proceeds to their favorite nonprofit that if you said to them, how does 400000 sound I bet you nobody said, no, we don't want to give them that much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's right. I, but I'm, you know, it, it, it's actually a very, um, I guess, it's a spiritual experience, too, when you do mm -hmm. see that a lot of people's hearts are actually uh, better than you give them credit for sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm surprised at how much people do want to give away or how much people do care about their employees. And a lot of times, people that that have exit strategy I want to say issues are good problems to have, right? But they have issues because they're in charge of stewarding a lot of resources. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't just get there by accident. They mm -hmm. got there because they care about people, because they do honest business, mm -hmm. because they care um, about you know paying less tax and stewarding the money. Mm -hmm. So these people are generally um, pretty generous, and it's a pretty fun exercise to talk through with them you know, where they want to put the money and mm -hmm. how they want to steward it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that doesn't mean everybody's like that. Hmm. But Would you talk about your fa some of your favorite strategies uh, and the nuts and bolts of planning? Zero tax planning, estate planning? Yeah. You know, I, I like a strategy that starts early. Mm -hmm. you know, so I mean, A, letter A, start early. <laughs> that, that not is the, the day before you sign the papers. That's right, exactly. I know that that is the biggest... Uh, that's got to be the biggest error I see just people make is they huh. just start too late. Huh. I mean, and that's not news to anybody. I mean, you know, um, if you plan on your doing your tax planning on December 27th, that's mm -hmm. probably not as good as starting in June. Mm -hmm. um, I wish a lot more younger people would start a lot earlier mm -hmm. thinking about what their legacy is going to be, thinking about the long yeah. view, thinking about finishing strong. Like if you're running a marathon, you want to think about the 24th, 25th, 26th mile, you know, as you're kind of in mile eight, nine, as to how, what's your strategy to finish strong and to really yeah. sprint through those last three miles. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't think about that till it's up on them. Right. right? So, so number one, start, start early. early. And it's possible that whoever might be listening right now, that today would be a good day to start. Not tomorrow, not next week, not three mm -hmm. years from now, but today they should pick up the phone, call their estate planning people, call CVG and say, okay, I listened to the podcast. 
I'm ready to start thinking about this instead of what I thought before, which mm-hmm. was, I mean, I can't tell you in my, my work at Biola University how many people I talked to that said, that came to us and said, I sold my business. I'd love to talk about a gift to mm-hmm. the university. And that's too late, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, people come to Christ on their deathbed, so yeah. it's never, quote unquote, too late. But certainly I think the the quality of stewardship goes down as time passes. Yeah. yeah. And, I, yeah. and I wish, again, I wish people would think about this earlier, you know. Um, I'm still, I'm in the middle of my career, let's say, and my thinking about my legacy and exit is not focused on my company and my brand that uh-huh. I have now. I think that people a lot of times get caught up in that as to, well, I'm not mm. going to sell my company for 20 years, so why would I think about this? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, number one, why is your legacy all tied up in your company? Mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't, it doesn't have to be that. I don't think this is the way God sees it. I mean, mm-hmm. you have children, you have other people in your life, you have employees. Maybe the best thing for you to do is uh, it's, it's to sell that company at the right time for the right amount of money and then repurpose that capital into something bigger and better hmm. that's going to have hundreds or thousands of employees that come to Christ. Yeah. So you have to think through that. It's not, and there's this formula of grow your business, sell your business, and retire, which sometimes works out, but to me it's more of a, that's just throwing um, you know, spaghetti at the wall to see yeah. if it sticks yeah. because you get lucky and sometimes that's the best thing to do, but it's just... Yeah. It's rare that that's yeah. the best thing to do. Well, let me throw out a real scenario. We talked about first thing, which is um, start now. And uh, here's a phone call I got the other day. I'm getting on a plane, standing in the line to get on the plane. And the gentleman calls and he says, I could uh, have a uh, liquidity event now for a significant amount of money. Mm-hmm. Or I could continue to have my business produce the cash that it produces which one should I do? <laughs> and you and you went to the why, right? And I said, said, what's your why? I actually did. <laughs> so I said, well, what would be the reason to keep your business? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about your employees? Uh, how do you feel about the cash it generates and your ability to give that cash? Uh, because over time, that cash that generates in the next, let's say, 20 years mm-hmm. will clearly be more than what you would get today. Mm-hmm. So let's pretend somebody says, I can sell my business for $3 million today. Mm-hmm. But you could generate, let's say, $10 million if you had your business for 20 more years, just picking numbers out of the sky. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people get enticed by, oh my gosh, I could have $3 million by Friday. Yep. Thoughts? Yes. Uh, so when we start the exit process, it's not all um, fluff. And it's not just advisory where we sit around and talk about it. And it's not just strategic planning, et cetera. That certainly goes into it. But we get very, very technical. Okay. So we start off with a very detailed uh, cash flow forecast, rolling 12 month cash flow forecast. Okay. We want you to understand what your business is throwing off in cash because mm-hmm. that later is going to be the foundation of what the value of your business is mm-hmm. so we can make some financial decisions, yep. right? So, you know, it, there are very technical aspects of what we do mm-hmm. when we're qualified to do these things. So mm-hmm. we start with the rolling cash flow forecast. We eventually move toward a very detailed financial model, which is a valuation for your mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. And we really want to make sure you understand all the nuts and bolts of what's going into the valuation, what makes it more valuable, mm-hmm. what makes it less valuable, especially if we're talking 
talking about selling mm-hmm. and we have some cushion, we can make it more valuable mm-hmm. as we're going along. Um, but we really want to make sure that you understand here's the value of the business today. This is what you could sell it for. Mm-hmm. Here's your options for that money. Mm-hmm. Okay, because if I say your company is worth $10 million, here's your investment options. Mm-hmm. You could invest in your company. Mm-hmm. You can put it here. You can put it here. You can put it here. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of these companies are throwing off, you know, 10 to maybe 15% a year or something mm-hmm. like that. Or it's possible there's a charity that has an, a pressing need in their view, uh, whether it be poverty or... Uh, water mm-hmm. or education or whatever the case may be, that they feel like there's a pressing need today to bring a kingdom message to a city, a country, a county, a place, a person, and they might feel like instead of the $10 million being tied up in the bank, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be great if a few million of that was allocated to the cause? Yeah, I mean, we're stewards, right? Right. And I, I always think about, when I think about financial decisions, I... I'm glad I do this, but I go to the parable of the talents all the time Mm. and just think about what am I doing with the resources that God gave me? Because Mm -hmm. am I throwing them in something that I have that's an idol or something that I've grown to identify as part of me? Yeah. But it's not part of the kingdom? Yeah. You know, what am I doing with those resources for the kingdom to make them grow? Yeah. Right? And to further the kingdom. So that's what you got to be careful of is you're not getting tied to anything too much emotionally and that you're looking at is a stewardship play, but it's also about taking the long view mm-hmm. and finishing strong because, you know, we want to take this money and we want to make sure it's purposed in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Right? And mm-hmm. we want to maximize. There's nothing wrong with maximizing profit right. and maximizing these resources. Right? right? So we, we want to make sure we don't take those things lightly. Yeah. Um, I used to hear from the... Uh, president of the company I worked for for quite a while, 20 years, a uh, service master. Mm-hmm. And the president, Bill Pollard, used to say, uh, if th- we don't have profit, we don't have a company to honor God. And right. there were a number of Christians in the firm who thought mostly about the soft things, right? Honor God, but they weren't on budget. Mm-hmm. And Bill used to say, you know, what I just said, if there's no profit, we don't have a company to honor God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what would you say What would you say to the person who says, um, well, uh, I think if I sold the firm, I could do something so much more significant for God by giving the money to a charity. As, a, as opposed to the one, what we're talking about, right? The profitability ongoing is actually a good thing it's not a lesser thing as we look at the parable talents. Parable of the talents was not just about a spiritual outcome. It was about um, what do you do with the talent you've been given, right? And it might be to make money and make lots of it. Mm-hmm. No, and I think it's timing too, right? I mean, there's different phases of our life where sometimes it's defense and sometimes it's offense, mm-hmm. just depending on where God's leading you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you talked about it being a faithful journey, a spiritual journey. Do you have more thoughts on that and some of the things that you've experienced working with clients where uh, they've seen it finally as a faithful journey, a spiritual journey? And I think it's a a bad theology thing, right, where they, they basically say, well, I think that if I sold the business parenthetically, which means stop the cash flowing, But if I sold the business 
and moved to Africa as a missionary, I could do so much more for the kingdom mm-hmm. because there's all these people who need Jesus in this mission agency that I want to be part of. And that'll just be so much more significant than making money. And so one gentleman that I'm thinking of um, over the last 20 years that I've known finally decided after doing many, many, many missions trips that if he kind of cut off the goose that laid the golden eggs, he wouldn't have any more golden eggs Mm -hmm. to give to this ministry. So he was actually able to be much more effective by giving Mm -hmm. a lot than with his two little hands and feet going, Mm -hmm. right? Because he had a particular set of talent and skills in a particular industry where he was a leading performer. But in the mission field, he couldn't dig a well any better than I could dig a well, which is not very good, by the way. And so <laughs> so it's like two hands, two feet on the mission field doing something. And somehow you might feel like this is better than making a million dollars a year, which it's not unless God calls you to it. Right. So that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Well, I think that's why clearly it is a, it's a spiritual journey of you know, God, what do you want me to, how do you want me to finish, Mm -hmm. right? What is it that you want me to do? Is it that you want me to sell this company and put this money somewhere for you and then go work with my hands and spread the gospel because maybe evangelism is one of my spiritual gifts and I just Mm -hmm. haven't used it. Mm -hmm. You gave it to me, but you didn't, you didn't intend for me to use it until after I sold my company. That's right? right. So that, that's why it's a, I think at the, at the final stages, you know, you can, you can see God, you can hear God, you can get direction from God so that when you leave this earth, you have total peace of mind. Not only that you're a Christian and you know where you're going, you know, we know that we're going to cheat death, mm-hmm. but also that, you know, you're going to get a, you know, well done, my faithful servant mm-hmm. type thing because you were working with God. He did answer your prayers. He closed doors and opened them for you so you knew what you should be doing and you were obedient. You know, again, you can say the power of prayer um, is underestimated. I think we all know that. I think in practice, you know, we don't always live that way. But in this case, it's absolutely critical. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely critical that you're executing it. And that's the why behind it. Mm -hmm. Because the how and the what is still, you know, that can be pretty worldly, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I know God created everything, but... You know, if you're going to do an ESOP, you need people on this earth to execute an ESOP. Right. You um, need some hands and feet. Exactly. And that's a complicated strategy. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, it could be the right strategy for you. But yeah. it all starts with God, and it all starts with the why. Right. Right. Well, let's talk about a little bit of how as we kind of close our time. So um, what would you say to the person out there who's listening and they say, well, I guess I just have to pay, you know, a corporate tax rate or inheritance tax rate or whatever. And they've heard of zero tax planning, but they think it's a myth. Hmm. It's definitely not a myth. It's definitely not a myth. It's a lot about uh, knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have yet to dig into a business sale or an exit where there were not multiple strategies with either large tax benefits Mm -hmm. or an ability to defer all the tax, uh, protect it in your estate, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. so when you, and that's important that, you know, you make sure that you're covering all the different aspects of the exit. Mm-hmm. Taxes are neglected a lot. Mm-hmm. Taxes are neglected in a lot of CFOs, 
I mean, no knock on CFOs, but a lot of them neglect taxes a lot of times. And right now, taxes are a huge percentage of our income, mm -hmm. you know, if you really look at it. So, you know, in California, you know, with your uh, state income tax and everything else, I mean, a lot of people are paying more than 50 cents on the dollar in their yeah, taxes. Yeah, all the ones who didn't move to Nevada. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's not a it is what it is proposition. And don't yeah. throw your hands up like that. Yeah. All you got to do is ask the right expert to take you through that process. Yeah. And then it, just like anything else, it's about, you know, I, I do believe in action and I believe in being intentional. Uh -huh. But I also, you know, I don't believe in being reckless. And I think not covering some of the important bases is being reckless. Yes. Not only do you need a good advisor telling you what the whole picture looks like, mm. but you need the different mechanics mm. in the different areas mm. doing the right mm. things. That can be solved easy by starting early, yeah. by planning, Yeah. right? Because if you're at the last minute rushing through it, mistakes are made, things fall through the cracks, things get forgotten. But if you're methodical and you start early, yeah. um, the, the risk of that goes down a lot. Can we tick off a few more that people might be asking about? Sure. Uh, do some of the house. So uh, ESOPs. ESOPs mm -hmm. for the right person in the right circumstance mm -hmm. can be a good vehicle. Okay. And they have uh, they can be very tax advantaged. Uh -huh. um, they allow the owner to effectively liquidate the business so they get the cash. Uh -huh. um, you have to be careful with an ESOP because. You have to make sure that the management that is in place is going to be strong enough because when that business is sold and those people try to liquidate the business, not number one, the management that's left behind has to be able to run the business effectively. But number two, when that business is sold, I've seen a lot of companies completely fall apart mm -hmm. in that process. I, I know I have a very specific example. I can't tell the company, but there was a company that had an ESOP and the employees were unionized. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, if you read the judge's opinion in the bankruptcy proceeding, he said, you guys bankrupted a company that you owned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oops. <laughs> With your own, yeah. And, and so the company went under. That, that's an extreme example. Mm -hmm. But if you think about, I've got 12 people, all with different backgrounds, different profiles, this and that. Oh, one of these people died, and uh, you know they didn't have... Uh, that the person that stepped in, it, it wasn't a good situation, the valuation was wrong, or there's a lot of issues that can happen there. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you have the right management team in place, if you have a good exit strategy for them. So an ESOP is an exit strategy for you. Who's doing the exit strategy for the employees? Right. Because if they don't have a good one, if you're trying to take care of them, that's not a very good way to take care yeah, of them. Yeah, how will your employees <laughs> know that you love them? Maybe that's not one of the If strategies. you say, my team is a little bit weak, I might say, you know what, I really think we might want to look at selling the company and writing them checks because they might be better off that way yeah. than giving them this asset, which looks like they may not be able to steward properly. Right, right. So that's... How about little known facts about charitable remainder trusts that people might say, hmm, I've heard about them, but I don't really understand it. Little known facts. Um, well, I think little known facts are that they're not too good to be true. Uh -huh. um, obviously, you know... The money that you put in there, there are some restrictions on it. Yeah, um, they, they're good for again. They're good for certain situations. Mm -hmm. There are other vehicles. For instance, there's a vehicle I like a lot called a deferred sales trust, where uh -huh. you can accomplish much of the same thing. You're not tied to a charity mm -hmm. necessarily. And again, I'm not saying that charity is a bad thing, mm -hmm. 
but you have to make sure that it fits exactly what you're trying to accomplish. And yeah. sometimes that is more, it's good if you want to make sure that that money goes to charity. If you're using it just as a tax deferral vehicle, which people do, yeah. they think maybe that's one of their only options. Um, that's not the right reason to use a charitable remainder trust. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, I just got this big boatload of money and I'm going to die in about five years and I just don't want, you know, maybe I'm not sure that I'm not confident in the stewardship of some of the people that are going to inherit this. So I want to make mm-hmm. sure it's going yeah. to the right place. Yeah. Well, it's been great talking to you. Thanks for uh, making the journey from Atlanta. Um, Thank you for My me. prayer. And I'm sure it's yours as well, is that maybe there's somebody listening who did, in fact, decide to do something today, this week, instead of a week before their sale goes through, or instead of come and see you the day after their sale goes through. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's not the best time to do it. So we'll just pray that somebody listening somewhere in the world uh, is going to do something today. So thanks for coming, and we appreciate your uh, work with Convene and your membership in Convene, and uh, thanks for giving these tips and advice to people out there who are in the midst of thinking about legacy, mm-hmm. business valuation, tax planning, estate planning, zero tax, zero tax planning. We, we really appreciate you coming out. Thank you. Thanks All for right. having me. Thanks. Thanks.